You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. The business of cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtechcurrency.com to learn more. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. This is the business of cannabis. Welcome to the Business of Cannabis. This is Dave Sky along with Matt Cook as we bring you more stories from the cannabis front lines, the latest in software, services, innovations in retail, distribution, marketing, a hard look at the hard realities of making money in the cannabis industry. And today's no different, although we broaden the scope a bit. Let's start off with a panel discussion with three people from our Business of Cannabis community, three uh, former guests, uh, Jake Kuzirek, Managing Director of the Founder Institute, which bills itself as a pre-seed accelerator. We bill Jake as a longtime cannabis executive, very knowledgeable about the uh, larger business issues uh, facing us all. Michael Mays of Quantum Nine is back. Uh, he's a cannabis consultant based in Chicago, pre- frequent uh, contributor to important publications. And he also is a frequent guest on other media shows, although naturally none more prestigious than the business of cannabis. And Krista Jones of the High Country Girls, and spoiler alert, High Country isn't a cannabis reference, so you'll have to listen to find out why. Uh, Krista is a, uh, another long-time uh, cannabis vet, has been at the forefront of almost every aspect of the business, and I think you'll find her insights important, as she's someone who's truly gotten into the nitty-gritty of uh, cannabis. Uh, and then our next guest uh, will be, um, we will be speaking to Elizabeth Hogan, Senior VP of Brands at Longplay, which owns and operates two brands. Willie's Remedy and Willie's Reserve. And spoiler alert again, it's that Willie. We're going to ask Elizabeth about the benefits and challenges of marketing a celebrity cannabis brand. All that, and hopefully an entertaining wrap up with Matt and me here on the business of cannabis. Business of Cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtechcurrency.com to learn more. So welcome to the business of cannabis. Uh, 
I am Joe Dave Sky, joined as always with um, by Matt Cook, and uh, we are pleased to welcome Elizabeth Hogan of Longplay as our first guest. Um, Longplay uh, play, uh, um, operates uh, a large-scale state-of-the-art uh, greenhouse uh, and also five uh, Colorado dispensaries, along with other brands. It's the owner of Willie's Remedy and Willie's Reserve, which is what we are going to chat about. Uh, Willie's Remedy, Willie's Reserve. Um, Willie's Remedy offers a line of hemp products and Willie's Reserve offers the uh, a cannabis line in multiple states. And as you might know or have guessed, the Willie in the name is in reference to the legendary Willie Nelson, who started uh, the brands uh, after a legendary conversation in 2014 at the Nelson Kitchen Table, uh, probably a location of many legendary conversations. So hopefully we'll have a legendary conversation right here. Uh, Elizabeth, Senior Vice President of Brands at um, Longplay and uh, a longtime brand marketing expert, Grace graciously agreed to speak to us about Willie's Remedy at Willie's Reserve and the cannabis space in general. Elizabeth, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Glad to have you. So um, what, give us the backstory. Willie's Remedy, Willie's Reserve, how did it get started? And let's talk about Willie Nelson as much as we can. <laughs> you got it. One of my very Jewish references to Willie Nelson uh, appreciated. That's why I put my guitar in the background here. Yeah. <laughs> Go for Are it. Are you going to play for us, maybe? Maybe <laughs> later. They don't encourage him. We don't do that here. Okay. <laughs> this is your time. <laughs> That's great. Um, well, you know, uh, you, you, you referenced the, the origin story, and it is very true that um, I think Willie's reputation for being an appreciator <laughs> of pot for many, right. many years um, is certainly well known, but more than just an appreciator, he's been uh, an outspoken advocate, and it's really been part of his, his artistry and how he's known and how he operates in the world. So in <clears throat> starting, you know, as soon as pot was legalized in Colorado and Washington, Willie got real interested in the idea of getting into the legitimate business. And it was 2014 when we had a chance to sit down with him and hear more about what he saw for how weed might be a business. Right. <laughs> um, and he talked a right. lot about his dream for that. You know, he'd, he'd been vocal about it for a long time to just let's, let's regulate it and tax it and sell it. And mm -hmm. then Right. people don't have to go to jail right so yeah, exactly. that was the backstory and we sat down and had a, a very uh a, a lively conversation at the kitchen table um i'll never forget we came in trying to show him a powerpoint on a laptop oh that that'll go well isn't that the silliest thing i look did he then loosen his tie should have brought in a guitar yeah, right. yeah he loosened his tie yeah okay yeah. no well he of course very politely listened and yeah. made some jokes on us and right. then uh you know took the conversation to a much more authentic place cool. where he was able to reference things that had mattered to him about the about cannabis the plant over his lifetime. Um, it was it was a great way to get started. And um, after that, we founded a business and built some brands to, to honor the story that he has to tell about Canvas. Amazing. So so take us, tell us a bit about that because you've got the hemp, the hemp line, you've got uh, the cannabis line. Premise, the first question is why, why did you do both? Why, why did, was that a conscious decision? Was it organic? What's that all about? And then let's dive into the various, because it's this relatively extensive product line and then we can mm -hmm. get into the marketing yeah. part of that. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah. why the two, why the two areas? 
Well, where we began was with Willie's Reserve. The real opportunity from the beginning was to get into the, the regulated market where THC <laughs> is allowed. Um, yep. So I'm going to refer to that as weed just in this conversation because, of course, sure, cannabis, go ahead. By all means. Is a family, weed will get you high, hemp grows in big fields. Okay. So, right. <laughs> um, so we, don't get so technical on us. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> we don't have the smartest audience. <laughs> um, or so the host. The, uh, the, the weed line uh, was really meant to address that opportunity and to get into gotcha. that market where adults are allowed to do that because they choose to, right? right and that's right. what the Willie's Reserve brand was built to address. And um, as you know, as you noted, I've got a background in brand building. And I think that's that's a key tenet is to know where your brand is meant to live and what it's meant to stand for and who it's meant to invite in and to build something the, that, that has the right tone, that has the right set of tools to address that opportunity. And that's what Willie's Reserve right. is meant to be. And then a couple of years after Willie's Reserve had launched and was well known and well understood, the hemp market changed quite a bit, right? That was 2018, 2018 with the Farm Bill. Um, and suddenly there was a new viable commercial opportunity in the hemp derived market. And when we looked at what we were trying to do in terms of perception management and reaching certain audiences and building forward looking businesses, we felt like the, the distinction between products that will get you high and products that can supplement a daily routine was pretty, pretty big. There's, a, there's, there's opportunity on both sides of that. So uh, Willie's Remedy was built for the hemp market so that it would be clear if you saw it in the world that it's okay for this product to be sold at the convenience store. It's okay to be drinking this product while on the job where Willie's Reserve, of course, is a badge of you know a, a, an adult who gets to make their own decisions. So really right. shaping those brands for different opportunities. Okay. So talk a little bit about some of the products that you sell, um, you know, where are they manufactured and, you know, you talk about you know, an audience um, and what audience, how are those two audiences different? Sure. Well, um, the, to, to start, we, there's a lot of good overlap in the audiences, which is good. Yes, I can imagine. Uh, <laughs> Willie is, is a big, is a big point of, of overlap in our audience there. Right. Um, I'll start with Willie's Remedy that, um, so that line is, uh, the, the flagship products are hemp infused coffees and teas that really are designed to be part of a daily routine. This product um, was brought to our attention by Willie's wife, Annie Nelson, who is a very active, um, you know, not only cannabis advocate, but health and healthy eating and food, uh, advocate. So right. she discovered the product and loved it. It became the biggest customer of a um, of the group that was making it in Colorado. And then we got we started talking with them about customizing an infused coffee line for Willie's Remedy. We ended up acquiring the company, the product lines, um, and now we offer a whole range of infused coffees and infused teas. Gotcha. So and it's a health. It's a health. Does it does it taste way. different? Like is it is there caffeine in it? It, there's definitely caffeine. So it's infused into the bean. I see. Yep, it's it's infused into the whole beans. Okay. Um, and what one of the things that we love about the product that I've said a couple of times probably because it's like on my repeat track about this line is that it really is perfect for daily use. Um, you know, Willie drinks drinks it on the bus with his friends after shows, which is a delightful delightful place to encounter it. Um, but it's a great way to to um, include him 
almost like a vitamin in your day-to-day wellness support routine. Um, And for a lot of folks, they find that the combination of caffeine and uh, hemp oil or the CBD in the hemp oil is a really, really nice balanced feeling where the caffeine doesn't take you too high and the hemp doesn't get you too mellow. Um, but the combination can really be, uh, help you feel more, maybe alert and calm and focused. Those are some of the things that I've, that I, that I like right, <laughs> about okay. it. Well, yep. uh, yeah. So, uh, and then on the other side, Yep. Yep. Um, so Willie's remedy also offers some tinctures and topical balms. Um, and then Willie's reserve is products that you would associate more with the image we might all have of Willie Nelson sitting on the bus. So we've got lines of ready roll joints, um, packaged flour that highlights different farmers and different genetics, as well as Willie's current favorite, the vape pen. Um, so we, we offer a range of different, um, uh, concentrates perfect for folks who like to vape every day, um, but also some that are a little bit more special in there. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, but and the hardware as well, the vape, the vape pens and stuff. Um, I imagine. Anyway, that, yeah, very cool. Yeah. Take us so, uh, take us through a little bit then on your well, your specialty, the 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 audiences because you mentioned the overlap. So take us through how you're taking two somewhat different products for different purposes and marrying them. Yep. You know, it's, um, some of it comes down to, I think you start with the, the people, right? So the audiences are out there listening, but let, and let's let's say we're all on the stage and everybody out there is in the audience. So what whether this concert is happening in the, the, the day or at the night, our audiences might have different needs and d- different ideas about what's a good fit. And I think the, you know, for us, as we think about audience, I'm making a bit of a joke here because I picture Willie Nelson on stage actually addressing the audience. I was picturing me, by the way. Yeah, I was yes. picturing me, but keep going. Yeah. Oh, oh well, you know, you look good. <laughs> Go ahead. You want to ruin it? Fine. <laughs> Leave it to um, the professionals, but keep going. Yeah. So, but when, but when we think about our like about the, a shopper audience or the audience for cannabis, I do think yeah. there's a lot that we can relate to music, which is the time of day might influence what's the right pick. And I feel like with Willie's Remedy and Willie's Reserve, we have an, have an opportunity to address a lot of different day parts. Um, we also have an opportunity to address a lot of di- different reasons that people come to cannabis. Um, I will confess that I come to cannabis for fun. I am I, I delight in smoking cannabis. I do it all the time. Um, and I've, I've legalization has given me permission to say that on the air to you Absolutely. Guys. Right where I where I before would have had to just whisper that, Um, but then other people come to cannabis to to manage their mood, and other people come to cannabis to manage physical uh, challenges or to perform better physically. So I think that that that's another consideration in these, uh, you know, in having two different brands to address two different mindsets. So while it might be the same individual who's choosing a five pack of joints in a beautiful tin to take to a party, um, that is also taking a tincture each morning, you know, out of the bathroom cabinet, the the ability to build different brands that can really speak to fun versus wellness um, has is something that just uh, that 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 is is that feels right for Willie because <laughs> yeah. he certainly represented um, all sides of that conversation for many years. So let's get to you know kind of the fun part. You know you're associated with Willie Nelson. Um, Apparently, <laughs> I yeah, picked up and on that. Uh, I think that's fantastic. I've been a longtime fan. Um, you know, and how does that, you know, how does that influence 
you know, the brand work that you're doing. Um, how do you kind of maximize that and leverage that as much as possible? Yep. Well, the, the number one um, advantage that comes with working with someone like Willie is that he is everywhere. Um, he is coast to coast all the time, and he is on the airwaves all the time. And he is known and loved um, by people of every age all over our country, all over the world. What am I, why would I, why yeah, no, he's, uh, he's uh, obviously <laughs> he's a major brand that's transcended country music. Yeah. Even music, I would think he's transcended yeah. it. And he's a, he's a, an icon, that's the only word. So how do you use that in marketing not go over it, not overstretch, understretch, you know, and then, right. but then, and then appeal to your, appeal to your audience. Cause to use your analogy, uh, Willie Nelson might mean something for me, might be something to someone else. I might go see him sing for one reason and someone else might see it for another reason. Right. Balance that all. It sounds like not, it, it sounds great. Oh, Willie Nelson, but it's, I bet it's not so easy. No. To do in a smart business way. That's that's challenge. So talk about talk about that. Well, uh, from the beginning, um, as we've been building the brand, we've chosen themes to organize around. You know, to build activations, experiences, products, conversations around, and that's really helped us. Um, you know, reach out to different people. Um, and stay consistent and build an image that that people under, know and understand. So um, starting, you know, as soon as we built the Willie's Reserve brand, we took it out on the road and Willie took it out on the road. Willie and his uh, band and his team are, are very committed to this project and very committed to the products. Uh, duh. Uh, <laughs> that helps. So it, it, was, it didn't take a lot of arm twisting to get, to get them excited about it, but seeing the band, um, you know, represent the products, use the products um, is certainly a huge advantage. Um, but we also built on-site music experiences so that fans, even if they couldn't get their hands on Willie's Reserve in that at that show, they could get their hands on some portion of the experience. So whether it's buying a ball cap or taking a picture with a pop-up Willie in a field of weed, uh, we wanted people to engage with us out there. And as a result, we were able to introduce the ideas behind the brand. One of which was, you know, the brand really represents this um, story that, that comes right out of Willie's experience. For 50 years, he's been going around from show to show to show to show. And people who know that he loves pot and they show up at the show with pot to, from their gardens to give him like and there is so much wow. excitement to wow. give the big guy the weed so um that's been you know from the beginning that's been part of our story because we also because of regulations go state to state to state to state and work with growers in each of those states to bring the very best in willie's name so um, we've been able to tell that story and, and give people that information out on the road where they're super excited to receive it. Um, the other thing that we do is really focus on how folks want to tell others that they love pot. You know, one of the things that Willie's known for is standing up and saying it um, <laughs> early, often. So uh, his fans feel the same. And one of the things that we focus on is how can we do that? So for instance, sometimes we'll bring a seamstress and get patches sewn on denim jackets. So everyone can say, Willie's reserve, I'm in it too. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's great to have some of those things to just keep building around and building a community around. We are it's actually interesting. Yeah, I, I actually associate uh, Willie as much as I do with music, uh, with advocacy, um, you know, and because, you know, I'm 
well, I'm getting up there in years. I'm not, I'm not that old, but I remember Willie from, you know, you're not that young either. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, but I, I, I remember that message coming from him and totally, you know, just resonating as much as, you know, his music did. And so, you know, it's, it's amazing that he's, you know, and now he must be excited to see this kind of come to fruition in a way. You know, I don't, what I jump in, what, what hurt, what I picked up on is uh, uh, there are other celebrity brands, but they don't, they're not involved in it. It's just self-evidently, wow, maybe I can make some money off this. And maybe they can, and maybe it's mm -hmm. cool. Um, this is slightly different. I just went, to, we're talking to Elizabeth Hogan of, uh, of Longplay, which operates uh, an old Willie's Reserve and Willie's Remedy. And we're talking about brand and and Willie uh, Nelson's uh, uh, involvement in it. Take us, uh, uh, take us through that. Um, where where uh, do you see it evolving? So you've got, you mean you've got uh, Willie, and he's he's. But how do you grow it beyond what you're doing already? What what other brand elements are you bringing in? More products, more anyway. I don't want to put words in your mouth. How, what, what are those plants? Without giving away the secret sauce. Sure, no problem. Um, you know, we've been fortunate because of our uh, the work we've done with Willie and with his team to be introduced to some other artists who have um, uh, also compelling stories in the cannabis space. We've done really exciting projects with Margot Price um, to bring her product line to market. She's a, she's a very outspoken advocate for cannabis and a, a very open uh, consumer, which is, is great to have a female role model out there mm. um, making killer music and smoking right. pot. Yeah. Um, and we've also done a, a, a really cool project with Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. They're a Denver-based oh, band. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And, and, and both of those groups um, are, are also really active with Farm Aid. And so being able to build our product lines and brands based on relationships that are super authentic, right? These All these folks are working with Willie at Farm Aid too, um, just right. makes good sense. Yeah, we that goes back really, decades, yeah. 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 And and it and it feels like family in that way. I mean, Will I, I again all credit to Willie and his team. They are just um they're 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 very loving and they're very consistent and and they they definitely put their actions um you know where their intentions are. So anyway, I'm a big fan. Can you tell? No, uh, it's not coming, it's not coming through. We'll uh, talk yeah. about that you, later. Can you be a little bit more enthusiastic. Now, how come Elizabeth hates <laughs> Willie? I don't understand. <laughs> it must be great i mean who's what's not to love like it's it is iconic and he's one of the few artists that probably is universally beloved which yeah. must be an amazing advantage as a as a marker well you know it definitely gives us a head start you said something earlier that i wanted to touch on about how people have these different ideas about artists and or about willie and Part of our goal as a marketing team and as a brand building team is to make sure that we provide a lot of good information, but we leave a lot of room for the loving relationship that already exists. We're right. not trying yeah. to speak for Willie. Willie's done that well, right? right. We yeah. really are trying to, to create experiences that are inspired by what you know he's shared directly with all of those fans. So it is a it is an interesting um line to walk where we don't want to, we're not, we're not trying to to, to fill in. For that we're just trying to create good connection for that um we we recently had an opportunity to, to work with another um set of fans we launched the wildflowers tea 
with Tom Petty's family. And that has been um, oh, wow. a another just really lovely experience um, in terms of uh, getting to translate their intentions into a product line. Uh, it's a chamomile uh, blend with some other wildflowers in it. And it's a really, really nice product that's been like handcrafted um, and selected by the family. Um, hopefully there will be some more wildflowers, cannabis collaborations we can um, talk about in the future as well. They're, they're, um, they're great folks and they're uh, doing this in support of Music Cares, uh, which, it, which makes a oh, lot great of cause. Well. It's fun to see how many different ways the cannabis industry is engaging with um, you know, different advocacy groups. Cannabis Voter Project is um, a group that has done a lot of work in the music space to get, um, it's an extension of headcount and it um, gets folks who are on site at music excited about cannabis and also collect some of those ca cannabis voters into, um, you know, real effort so, so that we can see some of that change, which is Yeah, great. that connection between music. Uh, we, we had someone on the show, uh, they have a small producer in Oregon and they're all about music. She happens to be an artist. Her her brother is a you know, and the, and the, but it's a local play. It's a small play, but that's what makes it so powerful. They do shows, and it's cool. And it's but it's on a business sense, it's smart because you're creating real connections to yep. real people in a real authentic way that a corporation can't manufacture. They can't. Yes. Uh, they can do other things, but they can't do that. And then it right. makes it hard to dislodge, and it allows you to grow. It's cool. Yeah, because there are other artists, and we, we talked about this on, on a previous episode, where, you know, they're putting their hand up and attaching themselves to a brand, but there's no connection between that person and the brand and what they're selling. And, you know, what Willie brings is authenticity, right? Can't get any more authentic than Willie, right? right? So I think, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great story, um, you know, and we're excited to see where this goes. So I'd like to thank Elizabeth Hogan um, for uh, um, of uh, Long Play, uh, owners of Willie's Remedy and Willie's Reserve. Uh, check it out at Willie'sReserve.com and Willie'sRemedy.com. Uh, not the most surprising uh, websites, uh, <laughs> but check it out and get all the information you need to enjoy these amazing products. Um, interesting story, and I think Dave and Matt have to come out with our own celebrity brand. Uh, I'm not soon. sure anyone would sounds, buy that. Oh, no, we can, <laughs> dozens of sales I can make quickly and then it might stall. To ourselves. That's to about ourselves. It. But I'm inspired. I'll buy it once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. They're, uh, they're 13 now. Um, All right. Anyway, Elizabeth, this was this was great. And, and Matt, this is a lot like of fun. A, a David and Matt, cool thank thing. you so much. I really appreciate it. It was, it was, it was a fun conversation. And we thank will be right you. We will be right back with more of the business of... The business of cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtechcurrency.com to learn more.
And welcome to the Business of Cannabis. This is Dave Sky here with Matt Cook. And we are pretty excited to welcome um, three people to the show, uh, all of whom have uh, been with us before. And we were so impressed, we invited them back. Um, Jake Kuzarek uh, and um, Michael Mays and Krista Jones. So I don't want to waste the entire uh, show uh, talking about our accomplished guests. They've um, done too much to cover. I'm just going to mention it very quickly. Uh, Jake comes off a long-time gig, uh, a VP uh, Business Development, ArcView Group, Managing Director, ArcView Management Consulting, is now Managing Director of the Founder Institute Cannabis Accelerator. Uh, you know, he's done uh, so much in the cannabis space, long business, entrepreneurial career as well, clothing uh, industry, music streaming, blockchain, entertainment, and most importantly, we never fail to mention, started a league for giant fighting robots. Love it. Which is the most important, interesting thing anyone here has done, I think. Uh, CEO of Quantum9, uh, Michael Mays, uh, brings vast experience uh, to a Chicago-based consult, uh, cannabis consulting company, which is enough in itself, but he does more, contributes uh, Forbes Chicago Business Council, has done countless media appearances on cannabis, uh, contributes to the uh, Marijuana Business Daily and other publications. And uh, we also want to welcome Krista Jones, who heads up the High Country Girls, which is not a pun like everyone thinks, but references the fact that she lived in Denver, Colorado, although has now moved to Miami. Uh, Krista's basically done it all in cannabis, from grow, dispensary, marketing, consulting, rep and products. Uh, the High Country Girls provide a range of consulting services, including uh, brand ambassadors and reps events. Everyone, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. So um, I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, each in turn, this question to to give us your take of 2021. Give us the year in review. What surprised you? What's disappointed you? Maybe even more interestingly, and what's intrigued you? Um, Jake, why don't why don't I start with you? All right. Well, I think everyone knows this has really been kind of the year of, of consolidation. Uh, obviously, some of the biggest names have come together. A lot of smaller players as well, but um, what I've been really surprised with and I've loved seeing is the emergence of direct-to-consumer. Um, I think it took a little bit longer than I thought it would, um, but in general, it's something I, I see really spreading across the country, um, you know, after really finding its footing in, in California. Um, what I'm a little bit disappointed with is I, a little bit of Biden. You know, I, I like the research stuff. I like the infrastructure bill now allowing us to study actual marijuana that's being sold through dispensaries instead of not government grown cannabis. Um, this morning, I was really disappointed to see that it looks like the Safe Banking Act is going to be stripped um, from the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, which mm -hmm. is a huge setback. I understand why they're doing it, uh, but I just want the darn thing to pass. Um, but yeah, that, that's how I'm feeling. Krista, what's your take? Uh, 2021 was really great for me. Um, you know, I launched my app for the THC Girls and really focused on my company this year. Uh, something that was really crazy to me and, and watching all the ancillary companies, you know, a lot of tech, a lot of the East Coast is bringing a lot of different dynamics to our space. Um, coming from, you know, Colorado, Oregon and seeing the more family-based companies come together and, and grow and moving to the East Coast and really just seeing huge amounts of money swoop into our industry. And, you know, it's it's nice, it's upsetting uh, to see certain things happen, but it needs to happen. And I'm, I'm super excited to see where the industry is going to go soon in the near future. 
Yeah, we seem to be sort of on a tipping point on, in so many ways in this industry. Mm -hmm. So, Michael, let me let me let you you weigh in on sort of your what's your take on this year, if you can remember it. <laughs> sure, sure, definitely. I uh, I echo Jake and Krista's sentiment. Uh, one thing I would add is in the new emerging adult use states, I love seeing the social equity component. I think it's incredibly important for the right. industry, and I believe that the diversity and inclusion coupled with social equity uh, is really going to move the industry into a direction uh, that, that we all like to see collectively collectively go. Right. Well, when, it's, when it's done right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has to be done right. I think looking at, you know, even in your own state of, of Illinois and, and watching how they botched it and then, you know, especially what's going on in Connecticut right now. I mean, it's cool. You need to live in one of these districts and you need to be below the poverty line. But if you have an additional two million, you're good to go. We'll give you an unlimited license. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just built to be exploited by the big boys. So, yeah. Right. But so, like I, if you look through that, though, and the goal in, a, in itself is to give some type of reparations to those that have been negatively impacted by the drug law. So whether or not there's a front person that plays that and later is bought out, the money's still getting to them. So, you know, we can make all of these claims on how difficult these programs are and how exploited they are, but at the end of the day, the money's still getting into their hands. So at that raw basic nature, I think, there is positivity in that if you just look past all the BS. Well, there's not a lot of positivity out here in, in Oakland, I'll say, um, you know, especially given the amount of robberies and the lack of support we're getting. That said, pretty stoked to see tax abatement um, and, and obviously here in, in San Francisco. Um, you know, needless to say, I think, you know, paying the most least amount of support is never ideal, uh, but it looks like times are changing. I definitely agree with you both. You know, there is it's it's definitely a great movement um, here in Florida. We're pushing forth for an application out here and, you know, such as the Black Farmer Act. And and it's if you look at the actual guidelines, it's like, who the hell qualifies for that? You know? <laughs> right. You're like, what? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, I'm it's not reading that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still super frustrating to see that, you know, kind of the right intentions in the background. But realistically, it's not it's not quite there yet. Right. That can almost be the tagline for cannabis on some level, the right intentions. <laughs> um, We're almost there, a but not Yeah, quite. it's a complicated, I, I don't know why it has to be a complicated substance, but it is. And until it ceases to be complicated um, and complicated laws attached to it, you're going to get these complications. And even listening to you guys, it's interesting, the variety of state, I'm calling you from Canada, we don't have that, we have other issues, but we certainly don't have a myriad of regulatory environments to deal with. Anyway, Matt, you were gonna say something. No, I was just gonna piggyback on something that Krista said. I mean, what was interesting when we were at MJ BizCon, um, how many people in suits were walking around? And, uh, you know, I talked to a lot of private equity companies and venture capitalists, and, you know, it's almost like the, the sharks are circling in a way. And, you know, focusing kind of on the retail side, as money flows in, you know, how much, um, you know, and obviously this depends state by state, but you know, how much room for growth is there on the retail side of things? And, and, you know, how do you see that playing out over the next, let's say 12 to 24 months? Ooh, big one. <laughs> Who wants to take a run at that? Well, 
Go for it. Michael, go ahead. I was just saying that, you know, at the start of the markets, you see that the, the cultivation has, you know, the highest profit margins, you know, the biggest risk, but the highest potential for profit margins. Yeah. And then the retail is somewhere at the bottom with processing, you know, extraction being somewhere in the middle. And as the market matures, you see an uphill climb of retail and a downhill climb of cultivation to an inflection point around the seven to 10 year mark where retail starts almost being a little bit more profitable, but definitely worth more. And as far as like, you know, mm. the gram price goes, you know, it, it doesn't take such a steep dive as you do in the cultivation oversupply. So mm-hmm. I think that from, uh, you know, uh, private equity, long-term established brands that have large retail footprints could be the, the safer bet for those types of investors rather than, you know, a race to the bottom on the cultivation. Now there's definitely from a manufacturing infusion processing standpoint, you know, that's where a lot of IP can be uh, and and other aspects of that. But if I'm looking for, you know, long-term high dollar uh, locations, I mean, just look at, you know, the three locations that Cure's selling to Cresco in Pennsylvania for 90 million, you know, the numbers in the retail section are just absurd. Right. Well, are you saying absurd is the the word absurd because, wow, that's amazing. Kind of like the salaries you're seeing handed out for Major League Baseball, but that's what they're worth. Are you saying absurd because they are overpaying? Just the high dollar. Okay. Just it's, wow, that's a lot of money. Yeah. 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 Not for us here, but that's a lot of money. (laughs) Krista, what's your take on, what are you seeing on the, you're more like on the ground floor, like, you know, getting your hands literally dirty. Uh, in yeah. industry, what do you what are you seeing in terms of investment uh, and so growth I, on the retail space? Yeah, I actually uh, I work with a, a couple different investment groups. Um, one of the uh, companies I sit on the advisory board for is Unified Cannabis Corp, and um, we are actually actively looking for these companies. So really setting ourselves up for companies that are profitable and really taking them to the next level. So. You know, I definitely think there's tons of room for growth. And, you know, I have to argue with you on that cultivation side because I come from cultivation. You know, if you do cultivation right, there's tons of spread in there for everybody. Um, a lot of the issues in cultivation are a lot of people are putting too much input. And by the time it gets to the retail side, it's hard to be competitive. You know, so there's a lot of stuff that goes into the background scene of all this kind of business and it really reflects on each other. So being vertically integrated. You know, it really helps avoid all these issues. But, you know, I, I really see the the different dynamics on every side. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with Krista with regards to the need to, to vertically integrate. I mean, most pure retail that I'm seeing, anybody that's flipping a dispensary that's been stumbling along, they're lucky if they're getting a 1x multiple. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's it's insane to think that's where we are. All right. What, what about this idea of cannabis as commodity? which is kind of what Michael hinted at versus then what Michael was saying that the real money in the future is going to be what do you do with cannabis, whether it's a what lounges, entertainment, experience, retail, restaurant, like what what do you guys take of that? What's your take on that? I think it's been a commodity, honestly. Yeah. It's It's been moving like a commodity brand and the experience is just now getting recognition the recognition it deserves and we're seeing that with the companies that have been putting the time and energy into creating a culture around their brand 
I guess it really depends on market and then number of suppliers and then retail outlets, because if it's a smaller market, meaning that a smaller number of licenses, not necessarily population, then you're just going to go to your local dispensary, the, the ones that's closest. So, and then you just pick from their products on what you believe you want out of a product, uh, mainly through marketing and such. So I, I guess it's very market dependent. Yeah, I think we're going to continue to see a lot of growth in, in the home grow market as well. I mean, even friends in New York really? earlier today, they're telling me they're growing and it's better than anything they can get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in, you know, elephant in the room here, of course, is the international market opportunity. I mean, you want to yeah. talk to as a commodity. Let's talk, you know, Colombia. Let's talk what's happening in, in sub-Saharan Africa. I mean, that's that's where it's a different level. Do, do they but do they take over the market here? Do, do they start growing and selling here or would that be an impossible legislative? Dep- depends on who you're talking to. I mean, half the guys in Columbia will talk to or, oh, this is the future of the industry. My hundred hectares is going to, you know, be the, the ball. Yeah. So it's, it's needless to say, it's a lot of, I think, a lot of wishful thinking, um, you know, and, and in general, what excites me more with plays like this, like those who are so focused on, on Columbia are the ones who are focusing on the local market first and realizing that there is an opportunity to launch a successful brand, um, maybe do a little bit of export here and there that they, you know, if they've, they've jumped through all the necessary hoops. Um, but, you know, they see the future really right now being the local market. Yeah, it'd be difficult, it'd be difficult to get flour from Colombia, you know, grown in open air greenhouses where, I mean, you got the freshest products coming out of, you know, these local areas, you know, talk about farm to table. We're, we're talking about, you know, you know, two to three days after cure, completing curing, being able to be accessed. Where in Colombia, you know, you have the shipment, you know, you have to get through all the international waters, uh, all the, you know, the import export stuff at the end, and then the checking of that, verification of it. So no matter what country you're in, how they're going, you still have all of those issues. I see that, you know, the, the infused product, the raw oil product, you know, those types, uh, and, and I mean raw, un unrefined at all and then having us refine it you know through our methods and then that being a potential okay interesting now uh, uh, we've touched on this a couple times the words come out the idea of brand um and you know that's probably the one thing we've talked about on this show more than anything else is the idea of you know brands and and do we think that brands are going to take over this industry um, and you know, if so, which ones and, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Because, you know, if you have someone that's attached, it, it just seems like there's a lot of people putting up their hands saying, you know, I'm creating a, a, a cannabis brand and there's not necessarily a connection with that person and cannabis. Um, so, you know, let's, let's hear your thoughts on, on brand moving forward and, and who do you think is going to win out in the end? Or take a few more steps. Yeah, we you know yeah. we never intend on talking about brand, but we always end up talking. It always about comes it. back to it. it. Always comes back to this conversation, and it's everyone's positioning themselves and a lot of wishful thinking. On that, Krista, why don't you take a, a shot at that? Yeah, I I think brands everything. I think you know whether you know as long as you the brand's going to be recognized and you're going to know what you can get and the brand is going to depict you know what your consumers are and who's coming through and. And all the above, you know, so creating brand is super, super important to me. And the ones that I think that are doing it right right now, um, you know, Cookies obviously is doing a, a great job, but I, you know, it's hard to keep 
quality as you continue to expand. Mm-hmm. You know, here in Florida, there's some huge brands <laughs> that are taking over the entire market, you know, so I think brand is everything. And I think as we continue to grow that, that's really going to navigate who's winning. Yeah, I'm even seeing a lot of love out here in California for for Jeter and and you know people, yeah. you know, friends asking me if they can invest. Um, but I'll tell you, um, who is the Coca Cola of cannabis? Does that exist? Yes. I don't think it does. Um, Not yet. To me. Not yet. Huge opportunity still on the table there, and um, you know I, I think in general it all depends on what angle you're looking at it as a consumer or as an investor or X Y Z, but. Um, you know, to me, it's, it's, you know, I also love the fact that it's the most fun to work on, also most fun to talk about. I mean, I'm headed to Hall of Flowers in the next couple hours. And I mean, that's entirely brands and retail buyers. And, you know, I, I think is probably the best face of our industry in, you know, in one day. Well, you know, let me just have a quick follow up to Jake. And then I want to hear what you have to say, Michael, is, is it possible to be the Coca-Cola of, of cannabis? Is that even realistic? You know, like uh, one or two players are going to, three players are going to dominate. We're going to have a Walmart. Well, it would take, you know, the reason why Coca-Cola, one of the reasons why Coca-Cola is so successful other than their formulation is their distribution. So I think that because the United States specifically is so market segmented that getting brands in would require them to, you know, create a licensing deal with that operator. So it's not like like each one of these individual uh, brands are going after markets specifically owning the licenses. Usually, it's you know either that in the beginning or a JV. So I think that there's definitely companies setting up. If you were smart and you did CBD well and you were in the hemp market and you have the natural you know the national distribution and have made these global relationships. I think those are the people that are set up for, you know, the best position for as we go federal or as we go interstate, um, you know, and the the, the multi-state operators, them as well, you know, so there's definitely people that have this as an exit strategy in mind for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll just add that- yeah, branded, Go ahead. Yeah. I'll just add that branded products sell for usually 20% more than unbranded products. Yeah, I and I we all get it. We've all been in business long enough. It's it's an easy word to say. It's incredibly difficult to do. Uh, and we always throw out the words like uh, like Coca Cola. Yeah, the num- maybe the number one bat brand in the world, but you know Apple or anything. But let let me ask one last quick question because we're uh, of course we're running out of time. But I want to I want to get your take on um, challenges you see in twenty twenty two, and if you could warn. The, the players in cannabis what would what would be it like guys here's one thing you better think through in this next year jake what, what would that be put you on the spot all right um i mean maybe the 30 percent drop this year in spot price is the number one thing that should be on everyone's minds um and the number one thing that you can do to prepare for it is look into storage um especially in norcal i mean you know, places like colorado places like emerald channel i mean you're, you're dealing with a 30, 40% overproduction versus how much actually gets sold in that year. Where's that going to sit? You know, have you invested in weather is winterization? Are you aware of how to do any of this stuff? Um, a lot of people that were trying to come in quick, make a quick buck, you know, have a good buddy that's a grower. Well, maybe that grower buddy's been growing in his basement. You know, is he used to growing at scale? Is he used to doing dealing with NorCal wildfires and winters? Doubt it. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. so in general, I don't know anyone who has that, yeah. No, no, that's so that's my 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 big uh, soapbox here is is understanding that look, you need to be playing a long game here. Understand that this market is is in many cases very oversaturated, um, and start coming up with some points of differentiation and finding ways to extend the life of your product. Krista, what what would you uh, what would you say? I just say stay stay ready to pivot, you know, and know your goals and, and what the market holds for you, but be ready to pivot and, and maneuver with the market and the trends and and keep so, afloat. <laughs> so don't get too comfortable because 2022 could be interesting is what I'm hearing right. from you. And and Michael, you know, it's always hard to go third because everyone else gets to say the good stuff, but what, what would you have to say? <laughs> I guess they took all my good stuff. Yeah, wait, um, what am I going to, I have no, to make something up. No, what, I, could, I could only speak to my specific vertical, which is a licensing, you know, cannabis licensing for cultivation, extraction, and dispensing. The one thing I, I would warn and caution everyone for is, you know, really pay attention to where the point totals are and how you can achieve the most amount of points and never leave any points on the table. For instance, in Illinois, a lot of people didn't apply as veteran status. In, you know, in New Jersey, there's a whole list of preferential uh, grading structures that they've created. Just make sure that you understand those, know how to obtain them and really focus on them. Well, there you go. That's all you need to know about for next year. Uh, if any of you are... Uh, well, and anyone in the cannabis space, just do that stuff. Um, I would like to thank you all for uh, sharing your insights and your time. We've been talking to Jake Kuzarek, who is now the managing uh, director of uh, uh, the Founder Institute Cannabis Accelerator uh, and a strategic advisor to Arcview Consulting. Uh, check out uh, Jake's work at fi.co slash join slash cannabis or arcviewconsulting.com. And um, thank you as well to Michael Mays, Quantum Nine, uh, an easier uh, website maybe, Quantum Nine, that's with the number nine, dot net, quantum nine, dot net. Um, so that's my advice to Jake, he's got to get a, a, a cooler uh, website name. Um, and, uh, and of course, uh, Krista Jones, the High Country Girls, uh, highcountrygirls.com. Now there is a website name <laughs> that works. Um, uh, everyone, thank you very much. That was very Yeah, thanks so much, everyone. Uh, and uh, we will be uh, back uh, shortly with more of... Business of Cannabis is brought to you by Cash Tech Currency Products, North America's leading cash management provider for cannabis retailers. Cash recyclers, smart safes, software and services, Cash Tech has everything the cannabis retailer needs to track, manage, and secure the cash earned in the dispensary. Don't take chances with your cash. Call Cash Tech and solve the problem. Visit www.cashtechcurrency.com to learn more. Back to the business of cannabis, Dave Sky with Matt Cook. Hello. Interesting, um, interesting show. Uh, as I listened to uh, Elizabeth and the, and the panel, uh, because it related so much to what we talked about the week before in our special yeah. year in review, we kind of touched on all the issues. Right. So I guess we we didn't do too badly. 
So let's start with uh, Elizabeth Hogan, long play with Willie's Remedy and Willie's Reserved. We talked a bit about that celebrity brands and yeah. What do you what do you think of their offering? Well, I was ex I think I said we we're excited to have her on the show just um, because of the because of you know Willie Nelson's uh, brand and uh, you know uh, I I I I thought she had great energy um, and uh, really you could you could sense her passion um, about what the brand stood for, um, which I think is really important. Um, you, you should have passion. Uh, and, you know, I think someone like Willie Nelson with, um, you know, he's been an advocate, I don't know, since I, yeah, since he started, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that's what I always associated him with uh, as much as his music, uh, to be honest with you. And, um, so I think it, and, you know, I've said this before on the show. Um, I, I think that just creating a brand for brand's sake, I, I'm not sure that that's a powerful message, but a brand that is basically a brand in and of itself in Willie Nelson. I think that's a really, um, right. It's a little, like you can't buy that kind of, uh, brand awareness because it's built in it's baked into the the product maybe it's limiting like i said last week it might be limiting a little bit we talked to uh the platform uh cap nova that 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 um is a platform for celebrity brands um because right. you're limited to that celebrity now willie is a pretty transcendent iconic brand so that's a good one you can um, mention him, his name pretty much to anyone right anywhere. yeah what so um, with they'll say two things they'll say probably cannabis first <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah yeah um, no uh, and, and is it limiting i don't know because some not everyone's going to resonate with it but like you said okay willie's a good example of the perfect ambassador for a brand i'm wondering if there's not also brands where <laughs> you're hamstrung by who you're associated with. Yeah, maybe there's some, an audience, but a, a niche one, a specific one. Well, and um, I also, I know of, you know, I would, yeah, I'd call him a celebrity. I won't name names, but. Um, please would, say it's me. Yeah. What's that? Is it I, me? I'll whisper it to you. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, you know, very, he, had millions of followers on Instagram and Twitter, and he tried to create a line for himself and it crashed and burned because people didn't associate him with cannabis in, a, in an authentic way, yeah. in an authentic way. And, um, you know, they, the company ended up going bankrupt and, you know, this is what I've said before, you have to connect, um, you know, that brand with the audience you're trying to reach, um, in anything. And especially, I think, in cannabis. So then we flipped, uh, we had a panel, which mm -hmm. is fun. Our first panel. Yeah. Uh, and um, raised some of the points we may talk to last uh, uh, last week, but with, with maybe more clarity as well. Uh, first, what I found interesting was this idea that this balance between who's the winners and losers in the industry, the cultivators on the one side, retailers on the other i wouldn't say there's consensus in fact the opposite because krista wasn't so sold on this but jake was that that and and michael that the cultivators are maybe losing in the profit 
war as as because they agreed on one thing that cannabis is a commodity now you have to deal with that and well, maybe the real value higher value offerings are in the retail side well if you if you look at retail in general okay so let's let's look at um like walmart as a perfect example when they have one store you you know you're at the the mercy of the people that are supplying you with product right when you have 1200 stores they're at the mercy of you and if you you know know how hard walmart negotiates there's a reason their prices are so low right because they're they're making their money and they're squeezing everyone else that's supplying them so in the beginning when supply is low um the prices are going to be higher um and they're going to make more money but as the industry matures um that will that will reverse and that's pretty much you can look at any retail environment right yeah and that's what happens so is this a normal progression yeah and it's it will happen um it's it's just a question of time and maybe it's you know it's balanced right now but eventually um you know it will it will go to the retailers we must leave it there we have unfortunately uh hit our time maximum so uh a thank you to our sponsor cash tech currency products uh, for allowing us to uh, bring this show to you. Uh, thanks uh, to our listeners, of course. Thank you, Matt, for joining me as always. And Thank this, you, Dave. You know, and this has uh, been The Business of Cannabis. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.